0: Welcome to the second ever recording of Newswire Multimedia's brand new podcast, Inside Xavier Sports. I'm your host, Ethan Brosnan. Here on the show, we will bring you up to date on all of the latest and greatest in Xavier athletics from Cintas Center to the Height Family Champion Center. Without further ado, let's jump right into the show. We will start off today's podcast with our Score Synopsis segment, preview the Xavier men's tennis season outlook, look ahead to the fall athletic calendar, and wrap up the show with our crew's reaction to week one of the NFL season. (laughs) Kicking off our score synopsis, we'll be starting with women's soccer. On August 26th, they defeated their rivals UC 1-0. Xavier's goal was scored by freshman Chloe Netzel in the second half. On August 29th, they took down Murray State 2-1. Xavier's goals were scored by freshman Shelby Sally and senior Sarah Awusu. They kicked off September with a 2-1 win over Illinois. Xavier's goals were scored by Netzel and freshman Ella Rogers. On September 9th, they edged out Ball State 1-0, with Xavier's lone goal being scored by junior Emma Marcus. On September 12th, they defeated Loyola Chicago 2-1. Xavier's goals were scored by Netzel and Marcus. Taking it to men's soccer, Xavier got the best of Eastern Illinois 1-0 after a long lightning delay. Xavier's lone goal was scored by Sophomore Jerome Jolly. They ended August with a commanding 3-1 victory over IUPUI. Xavier's goals were scored by senior Eustace Kapanen, Junior Carson Henderlong, and Jolly. September started the Adidas IU Credit Union Classic for Xavier Men's Soccer. Their first game, Xavier took down Ohio State 2-1. Xavier's goals were scored by Jolly and Henderlong. They suffered their first regular season loss in a 1-0 defeat at the hands of Indiana, kicking them out of the Credit Union Classic. The Musketeers returned home and tamed the Chicago State Cougars 1-0. Xavier's lone goal was scored by Henderlong. The men continued their success at home in another 1-0 victory over Northwestern. Xavier's goal was scored by junior Felix Tongan in the 87th minute. Heading over to women's volleyball, they started their season with the Charlotte Invitational. They pummeled South Carolina State, sweeping all three sets, never giving up more than nine points and had 44 kills to the Bulldogs' 10. However, their impressive start ended against Charlotte, losing 3-1 in the tight-knit battle. They ended their tournament run in another 3-1 loss to CU Boulder in another close matchup. They began September traveling to the Windy City for the Loyola tournament. They defeated SIU Edwardsville 3-1 in their first game then lost an incredibly close game to Loyola Chicago 3-2. The Musketeers returned to Cintas for the Xavier University tournament, defeating Lipscomb 3-2 and were then swept 3-0 by Louisville. Looking ahead at upcoming games this September, women's soccer on the 16th will travel to Bowling Green on the 16th, and then on the 23rd travel to Providence. Men's soccer on the 15th will travel up to Robert Morris, return home on the 18th against St. John's, and then go back on the road against Providence. Women's volleyball on the 16th will travel down to UC, return home against Miami, Ohio on the 17th, and then on the 24th, they will face Providence at home, and the next day on the 25th, they will face Creighton at home. Now we'll move on to previewing the Xavier men's tennis season by inviting junior Jake Zippoli on the show. How you doing, Jake? I'm good, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Doing pretty well. So my first question, what are some of the goals for your team heading into the new season?
1: Um, I think this year uh, we have a pretty big goal of really making an impact in the Big East, finishing pretty close to the top, if not winning it, considering this is probably the best team I've been on in the three years I've been here. Uh, there's a lot of depth and the Big East as a whole is unpredictable because a lot of the best teams last year graduated their entire starting lineups so it's really up for grabs and we really upgraded in the offseason picking up good recruits so i think our main goal is to definitely have a substantial winning record and i think kind of like our loftiest goal is to you know win the big east and go to the NCAA tournament speaking of recruits what newcomers are you excited about this year uh we have a grad transfer named diego nava from little and Marymount a really good team in california he's coming he's our best player on the team he's really really good i don't really see him really being tested very much at all this season uh, we have another transfer from college to charleston sophomore nick loudermilk Be really good for the depth and then we have three really good freshmen uh ryan cahill charlie temming and marco pinelli who i think will all make an impact as the season progresses and as they get acclimated into Division one tennis.
0: Sounds like a lot of good newcomers. Yeah. So how is
1: the biggie shaping up this year? It's really unpredictable because DePaul won it last year and all six of the guys that started on their team graduated. So it really depends on who they brought in. And same with St. John's is the number two team. They graduated probably four or five of their starters as well. And as well as Marquette has a couple of their starters graduated too. So it just depends on who those teams brought in. Because my freshman year is the same thing, where the teams that were the best lost a lot of people and then just brought in a bunch of people that are just as good. So it it really depends on what the other teams brings. We haven't seen them yet, and we're probably not going to see them play for a little bit. So once we get a look at them as to who they brought in to replace then that'll kind of determine where kind of the biggies kind of standings are going to be for this season
2: so you mentioned your schedule uh jake i would love to hear a little bit about how what that actually looks like for those who don't know both in the fall and in the springs
1: i know that the two seasons are different in terms of what the goals are um during the fall you just play like tournaments like invitationals which are usually their flights so each person on a team will be in a flight or sometimes two people per team will be in the same flight. And you just, and it's, if you lose your first round and there's like a back draw, so you play that out. But if you win and then lose, you're done. So it's kind of just like as far as you can go. And the fall isn't really as important as the spring. It's more to get everybody back into shape and really get back in competing because the spring's kind of where it matters really matters. I mean it's not that the fall is irrelevant but it's more just for kind of getting back into shape and the spring is where we'll go and play a dual match against different teams and it starts in January and then ends in late April and potentially May if we go to the NCAA tournament.
0: What individual goals do you have for yourself this year?
1: Um. Well for myself and considering this is the best thing I've been on, I just want to make as much of an impact as I can, just try to get everyone better. Being a junior upperclassman, really try to get the freshmen acclimated, get them to start really working hard, kind of see what it's like to be a visual one athlete. And even if I'm not playing in as many matches as I'd hope, my biggest goal is just to get everybody better as the season progresses to put ourselves in the best position to win. I mean, obviously I'd love to play, but it's not gonna be the end of the world if I'm just not playing in every match. What's more important is getting everybody else better. So that's kind of my goal is just to get as good, just to play as well as I can and make sure that everybody else is getting better also.
0: So you just had a tournament last weekend. Do you mind recapping it for us?
1: Yeah, so we went to Chicago, west of Chicago in Oak Park. I played a tournament on Friday and Saturday on clay which is a little interesting just because almost every other match we are going to play is on you know hardcore like typical tennis court that you see on the street but it was different just because clay is slower and not everybody on our team has a lot of experience playing on clay and neither did a lot of the other teams so it was a different kind of tournament but it went overall went really well I think I think we had over 20 20 wins total in singles I'm not sure how many in doubles but probably roughly around the same amount and freshman Marco Pinelli, he won his flight beating two two guys that are four years older than him also just him not I don't even think he dropped a set or maybe one, which is pretty impressive, just considering he's young. It was his first college matches, and he really stepped up and played well. Another freshman, Charlie, got second, Charlie Temming, in his flight. It was also an impressive performance. And then fellow junior Campbell Nakiyama, got second in his flight as well. So those three guys played really well. And then the rest of the team played in kind of like a group flight. So overall, I think it was a really productive weekend. Conditions were tough, especially on Saturday because it was like 90 degrees, so that was really hard, but other than that, I think it was a good, really good start to our season, and it's only up from there.
2: All right, Jake, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Now we're going to kick it over to our recap of week one of the NFL season. Heading
0: into our final segment, we are going to discuss our favorite football moments of the weekend from the NFL. I'm rejoined by Hunter Ellis, Will Pembroke, and Jake Zippoli.
2: I'll take it off. Um, So my Cincinnati Bengals, the team I have cried and bled for and done pretty much everything possible because I just love them so much for the past 15 years, have let me down every single year. Uh, Some way, shape, or form, they've let me down. Whether it was last year, doing absolutely nothing on our offensive line and getting our awesome rookie quarterback hurt or this offseason when they similarly did very little to fix our offensive line and are probably going to still hurt our now second-year awesome quarterback. But you know what? I'm going to revel right now. I'm going to revel in the beauty of being 1-0. It's 1-0. There's no losses on the schedule. There's nothing to be upset about, even though our coach almost blew the game last weekend. Okay, Zach Taylor, yes, I'm talking about you. You are a terrible play caller sometimes. It's just a fact. All right, but Jamar Chase – quieted all the doubters he caught five passes he looked
3: fantastic yeah looked quick with, the, with that football it's so hard to catch right
2: oh uh, it's just i mean listen i'm not gonna hear any hate about my favorite player in the nfl right now jamar chase all right joe burrow's back the defense looked good all right we got a lot going for us i know the vikings are not that good but we're gonna go into chicago next week and win i'm saying it right now
3: well what do you think the Bengals are capable of this season like like record wise where, where do you think they end up
2: I'd say Super Bowl, but you know the offensive line is gonna hold us back, so I'll say we can make the playoffs and go somewhere. You know what, Lamar Jackson, I'm out. Ben Roethlisberger, I'm out. Baker Mayfield, I'm out. Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the division.
3: Oh wow, that's a that's a really hot take. Um, you know Baker played pretty well on Sunday.
2: Pretty well until he threw a pick. Mm,
3: yeah. And lost again. Yeah, that at the end of the game. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. I think I think seven and ten is a good record for the Bengals.
2: Uh, unfortunately, I can't say something's good unless there's more wins than losses in the record column.
0: I could see them going around uh, a little under 500, eight and nine, or nine and eight. I hate, I hate that they. Uh, I hate the seventeenth game. game. I, I love, I love saying eight and eight. Let me a disappointment.
2: Say, let me just say one more thing. I don't like the the numbers on the uniforms that are not normal. Where there's like a linebacker that has the number Amen. seven. Amen. That's just wrong. Okay, I'm sorry. I, it's like I, players wear whatever you want. I think that's great, but it's just like growing up as a football fan and like orienting myself around the game based on numbers. And then all of a sudden there's a linebacker that has number seven is really bothersome to me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way.
0: It's not college anymore. We're at the NFL, different level.
2: Well, I guess they're kind of becoming one and the same now. Spread offense came into the league. Now we're doing their number rules. Next thing you know, we're not going to be paying
3: them anymore. Oh man. You know, I, I kind of like the single digit numbers. I, it, it does throw you off a little bit. I think it'll take a bit of adjusting to get used to i mean you see like you're just watching a random game let's say you don't really know all the players on the defense right and all of a sudden this this guy number one comes up running up to make a tackle you're like wait number one like is that a safety is that a cornerback is that a linebacker no clue and seriously i mean it's like
2: literally we could just have kyler murray out there number one is the safety making tackles and nobody would know any different it's a little odd but yeah i guess you're right it'll take some getting used to let's hear from the resident pats fan guest contributor jake zipley right now whose quarterback didn't play like garbage, which is very exciting because a lot of the rest of the rookie QBs really struggle. What are your thoughts on Mac Jones?
1: I mean, Mac Jones has probably the best situation on any rookie quarterback. Not even close. Probably by a mile. He has a top, probably top 10 O-line, great running backs, best coach in sports, and in a system that fits the way he plays perfectly. And... He did everything he had to do in the game. I mean, it wasn't his fault that they didn't get in the end zone. I mean, he had 280 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's better stats than any other QB that played as a rookie last week. And I just think it's only up. It's only up from here with Mac Jones. I mean, I think they had to get rid of. They had to get rid of Cam, considering that one he sucks and he was, he was just god awful. Yeah. I mean, the city of Boston <laughs> hates Cam Newton. I mean, they hate Cam Newton, and. So does Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick actually likes Cam Newton. Well, so so I mean, what are we thinking for for Mac? I mean, you think rookie of the year candidate? I mean, if he keeps if he keeps producing like he did last week, if he keeps his numbers up, keeps his decision making good, if he doesn't start being like every other rookie and throwing like twenty five picks, and he puts up like four thousand passing yards and like thirty five touchdowns and. And you could be you could be easily put him in the conversation for rookie of the year. I mean, Justin Fields at one point had the best rookie of the year odds and he even start. So it doesn't like the rookie of the year odds now don't mean anything. I think in week eight is when we'll really see when and who is really gonna come out as the rookie of the year candidate. But I think people really shouldn't be counting out Mac Jones. As we don't need to wait until week
2: year. eight. He wears number one and he plays for Cincinnati Bengals, it's Jamar Chase. I have Jamar. no question. See, in your statement, it said there was a lot of if, 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 if. Jamar Chase is 100 yards, 100 yards, 100 yards, 150 yards, 200 yards every single game. So I already know, based on the fact that that's going to happen, that he's going to be the rookie of the year.
3: When was the last time that a wide receiver won rookie of the year? Last year. Last year. No, way, that's not true.
2: That is true. It's Justin Jefferson. Oh, uh-uh. well, Herbert won. Herbert won. Well, Justin Jefferson was really good.
3: Yeah, so and you Jamar could be Chase a really— better than that, That's exactly my point. You could be a really, really good wide receiver— and not win Rookie of the Year. Well, I was going to say one other thing about the Patriots. Until they get Stephon
2: Gilmore back, they're not winning any games. Because Jalen Mills, whoo, he's not very good. Not Jaylen very Jalen Mills
1: is a safety. Yep, yeah, and he got burned a lot. A lot. That secondary did, second did not look too good on Sunday. They only gave up 17 points and had a pick. So I really don't think... Well, I was a pick that too, I
3: just... I'm not here for this Patriots hate right now. Tua, I mean, Tua.
1: Tua is garbage. Tua, Tua. Tua, is, Tua is garbage. He's a short, lefty quarterback. The last good lefty quarterback was Michael Vick, who was like 6'6", and had a cannon. Tua is 6'0", and doesn't have a cannon. And Tua Cam has moves. the
2: opposite of a cannon. Like it's, you know, when you watch the game, because the way the camera moves, right? Like when it, when the, you have like Josh Allen's in there, he has like the biggest arm in the league, and he zips the ball and the camera's like trying to catch up. Tua is like the camera's like slowing down, watching the ball come out of his hands, because it's that bad. I'm not, I'm not happy. I. I I bought so much to a stock before
3: the year, and I'm majorly regretting it right So Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins, I'm hearing? Oh, man. Deshaun Watson's never playing a down a football game. If he ever gets out
2: of court, yeah,
3: I don't know. Yeah, it's good point. I don't point. think that's gonna happen for a long time. You know, Ethan, we haven't heard much from you. What you got? Oh, I'm, I'm glad
0: you brought up the the Dolphins, Deshaun Watson rumors. Uh, I have a friend uh, who has a sports podcast, and he's a huge Miami Dolphins fan. And he was saying that, um, well, I, like, it, If they had the opportunity, if Deshaun Watson was not going through these legal troubles right now, they'd do it. They'd do it. 100%. That guy is an absolute game changer. He was everything on that Texans team last year with horrible O-line. His best wide receiver got suspended for PEDs. I had him on my fantasy team last year, and he was consistently having over, like, 25 points per game. I mean, I can't imagine if you implement him and that offense down in Miami... He'd work wonders because Tua right now, I think he can perform okay. But like you said, like he doesn't have the arm strength. But if you put a guy in like Deshaun, who's got the legs and the arm strength and the IQ, they're pretty dangerous.
2: Tua's lack of arm strength was genuinely alarming. And like Waddle and Park, Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle, Waddle the rookie who looked really good, they both had good days. But it's just watching how hard it is for him to push the ball down the field. I'm a, I'm just concerned, and we didn't see that in college. I mean, he was a dominant college quarterback nothing short of dominant. I mean, he was up there with burrow in terms of the best ever but it's just like he comes into the league and it's just not the same like the zip is just not the same on on
3: all of his balls so who are you all impressed with the most either a team or a player who stood out to you
1: that's a good question i think kyler murray had the best game probably of the week
2: or Chandler Jones. Or
1: Chandler Jones. Chandler wow. Jones had what? Five sacks. five sacks. Five sacks.
2: Lit up Taylor Lewan. Made him post on Instagram. post post on Instagram and he said, "Thank you, Chandler Jones, for making me look so terrible." Literally, because he was wow. like, "It's gonna make wow. me better." That's how. That's how. That's how good Chandler Jones played.
0: I was impressed with the the entire Saints defense. Mm. I'm a huge Packers fan. A lot of sadness yesterday, uh, but they they shut down the run. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they couldn't do anything.
2: Is Rodgers tanking the season?
0: I hope not. This is the last ride, so I'd love for them to make one final push to see if they can maybe lose in the NFC Championship game one more time. But he, he did not look good. 124 yards, uh, two interceptions. He didn't look like he was in it. They ended up benching him for Jordan Love. Jordan Love, look, you know, he looked okay. You know, we we got to see part of the future. But, you know, I understand. You know. You're expecting the, a couple years ago the Packers take a wide receiver, hell, even a linebacker to help shore up the run defense, and they go and take they trade up and take a quarterback, not, not one of great. the better ones, you know. Senior year, 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and a little bit of a risky pick. I'm not sure what Lafleur and Goody are thinking about, but if I'm Rodgers, I'm pretty upset, and I don't know, if, you know, you know, conspiracy theory. Maybe he is trying to get his way off the team, but. I think the Saints' defense is just that legit. They look great. I did, too. They Cameron were amazing. That, that, that front four, oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah. And you guys missed Yeah, and
3: I mean, and speaking of the Saints, too, I, I want to throw this out there. Before the games yesterday, my sweet mate and I were talking about, you know, some of the teams we think are going to make the playoffs, some who weren't. And I was pretty low on the Saints. I was like, you know, I'm not a big Jameis Winston fan. I was, I was throwing out the Jameis Winston hate, to be honest with you. I was like, he's not a good quarterback. He's just bad, you know. Bad decision making, bad accuracy, I didn't think he was going to be with the Saints and then he came out and he kind of was, I don't know, maybe he heard me, he, what, threw five touchdowns, like it was ridiculous and so I mean, so a good quarterback there, the Saints offense was definitely clicking, um, now it was the Packers defense, so can't give him too much credit, I still don't think he's a good quarterback, but he was impressive yesterday.
2: There's a lot to look at in New Orleans for sure. I think Jameis, the game looked a little fluky. He didn't throw a lot of passes and there were definitely still some signs of him and his decision making not being great. They have a great offensive line. Camaro's fantastic as always. They're getting Thomas back in week six, which is something to keep an eye on, whether or not he wants to be there still. Um, yeah, I don't know. Their defense is fantastic though. Demario Davis, Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, all just stellar, stellar. They just they signed Lattimore like right before the game actually did a huge extension. They're they look fantastic. Um, I think my favorite team uh, from this weekend is probably the L.A. Rams. It's hard, hard not to go with them. Stafford looked great. Him and McBay are definitely connecting uh, on a different level, and that defense is still good. Ramsey, there was like four separate plays where he just blew everything up. Uh, I mean, he was better than Donald, honestly, and Donald arguably the best player in the league. All right, let's kick it over to the students with our question of the week. This week, we're very curious to hear who disappointed you most on your fantasy team.
4: Yeah, so my team this week, not the best, not the best showing at all. Went up against a tough opponent, but uh, definitely say we had, we, we had some guys going to perform. Zeke, Zeke Lillian had, had a really bad week. Just didn't really get the touches I was expecting or looking for. Got down early, threw the ball, that's fine. Stephon Diggs struggled against the stout Pittsburgh Steelers defense, which, you know, kind of to be expected, but you can't not play Stephon Diggs. They did a good job throwing different guys out in coverage, and he just didn't have that good of a game, and hey, that happens. Uh, And then, you know, Justin Jefferson, not the best. He was all right, but expect more out of him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, same thing. And the Washington defense with only one point against the Chargers is pretty disappointing, given how high their hopes were from last season. But we'll take it. We'll live with it. Move on to the next week. They got the Giants Thursday night. So that should be an easy matchup for the defense. And we'll go from there. I'm not not, not making any changes. Thought about putting in Cooper Cup. Might put in Cup for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We'll see. But uh, right now, I think we're just going to roll with the same guys.
2: Well, I would say Aaron Rodgers is pretty much like Paul Crewe from the Longest Yard. He's pretty much just throwing the game like he, like he did against the Saints. He, he just, he's just screwing up on purpose. I, I do not approve of it.
0: My team did pretty well this week. I was very disappointed by Najee Harris,
3: and though I hate to admit it, very impressed by Tyreek Hill.
2: Aaron Jones was the fantasy player that let me down this week only finishing with
0: four points on the day. A lot was expected of him being paired with former MVP Aaron Rodgers, but they both let us down this week in Green Bay. Hopefully next week, Aaron Jones can bounce back from his four point performance, and hopefully Aaron Rodgers can too. It's a question only time will answer.
2: Josh Jacobs was the biggest letdown for me this week. He was projected I think six or seven points higher than he actually scored for me. And the last quarter of the Raiders Ravens game, I was projected to win the game and then he put up no points at the end.
0: That's all for today's show. You can listen to Inside Xavier Sports and all other Newswire multimedia productions on both YouTube and Spotify. Just search Xavier Newswire to find our shows. We'd love to give a special shout out to our entire crew who helped produce this show. Editor-in-Chief Alec Budzinski, Managing Editor Mo Junger, Managing Multimedia Editor Hunter Ellis, Show Manager Will Pembroke, Audio Editor Sebastian Aguilar, AV Technician Lily Cotton, and Guest Contributor Jake Zippoli. I am your host, Ethan Brosnan, and remember, stay classy, Xavier Nation.